Welcome to Digging Deep with Pastor Yemi and Pastor Dayo Ogunsaya. On today's series, we'll be teaching from the book of Romans. Are you ready to go deeper into God's word? Join us weekly as we go into the book of Romans, chapter by chapter. Now here we go, digging deep into Romans. Our Father in heaven, we bless your name. Amen. Tana Rock of Ages, we want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for life. Thank you for the miracle of sleeping and waking. Thank Since you, last Tuesday, you are indeed a faithful God. Yes, Lord. We, are, we thank you. On thank behalf you. of everyone connected tonight, and those that will listen on the podcast or watch the broadcast on the YouTube or any social platform in days and weeks and months to come, we jointly thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for revelation. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, tonight, our gathering is unto you. You are our teacher. Teach us tonight. Amen. Open the eyes of our understanding that we may know about him that died and gave his life for us. Amen. Make lasting impacts in our life. Amen. And forever you will remain our God. Amen. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, grab your Bible, get a notebook. I want to encourage you, form the habit of writing things down. Write something down tonight as we uh, continue in this amazing book, the book of Romans, uh, one of the 13 books written by Paul, the apostle, to the uh, believers of his time. We, and mostly applicable in our time too. Amen. Amen. The book was written around AD 57 to 58. Uh, it was written in Corinth, uh, uh, the letter of uh, the epistle, whatever we, you want to call it, was uh, carried to Rome by a dear woman called Phoebe. And uh, Paul wrote with the three main purposes uh, to the Romans. One, it focused the letter on the good news of Jesus. In fact, Jesus, the coming of Jesus is the good news to the world. Hmm. That's why we say joy to the world. Hmm. The Savior has come. Uh, that's why we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Uh, Paul wrote the letter also to communicate uh, that grace and the glory of God, they are wrapped up in Jesus Christ, in the gospel. The gospel is the gospel of glory. God's glory is the gospel of God's grace. And uh, both of them, are, you know, the glory of God talks about the heaviness of God, the power of God. The grace of God talks about the goodness of God, the love of God, and the provisions that he has made. And thirdly, Paul explained in the letter uh, the, the, the depth of the love of God and what should be our response to that love. And uh, we will we'll uh, we'll, we'll see hum, natural human's response to the love of God and uh, uh, what, is, what that has brought upon mankind. So last week, we flogged verses 16 and 17. Mm. Again, we took our time uh, for about two weeks. We dwell on those two verses uh, because inside those two verses were two major words. The word salvation, uh, no, three, the word gospel, the word salvation, and the word righteousness. And we took our time in uh, 
unwrapping those words. We said the gospel, uh, the gospel produces the new birth. The gospel gives salvation. Through the gospel, we, 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 grace is imparted. Through the gospel, people, uh, it is, uh, the gospel establishes people in faith. Uh, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the gospel or by the word of God. The gospel also generates faith. It's a faith generator. Every time you hear the good news, it, it delivers faith in you. It generates faith. Uh, the, the gospel sets free. The gospel nourishes spiritual life. The gospel is like water that cleanses the church. The gospel uh, enables us to search for the meaning of life and the purpose of life. The gospel makes make us partakers of Christ, of his power, of his nature. Uh -huh. The gospel impacts immortality. For those that have received Jesus have died all the death they will do. When our journey here is complete, we just continue living in eternity with Christ. We are, we are, there is no more second death for those who are in Christ. We die once. Amen. The gospel also brings peace. Jesus said, my peace is the prince of peace. Uh, my peace I give. So through the gospel, we contact and experience his peace. And then divine protection is in the gospel. Amen. Now, what about the word salvation? Uh, there are two Greek words used for salvation. One is soteria, one is sozo. Uh, both of them uh, mean, uh, the, encompasses the meaning deliverance, uh, to save. They connote the idea of health, help, welfare, safety, victory, to defend, to avenge, to rescue, and to preserve. So it's an all-encompassing word. Uh, and this salvation is use of deliverance from imminent danger. Uh, so when the enemy comes, the spirit of the Lord will lift up his standard against him. Amen. Like a flood. Uh, the, gospel, the, the salvation is also used to, uh, of victory over the enemies. Uh, he has given us the victory. It's, it's about healing of the body. Uh, for they shall be saved. They shall be healed. Uh, forgiveness of sin. Is also one of the things that the uh, that the word salvation accomplishes in us. Uh, so uh, in verse seventeen, we spoke last week about right standing with God, the righteousness of God. There are two righteousness. There is the one that we is called self righteousness, based on what I do, human effort to hand God's approval, and then there is uh, righteousness of faith. The one that we receive because of what Jesus did. And that is the one that makes us right with God. The one we do ourselves uh, cannot. For the Bible said the righteousness of man is like the filthy rag before God. But the righteousness that comes through faith in Christ is the accepted one. And that's what verse 17 was talking about. Therefore, in the gospel, the righteousness of God, the acceptable Rightness of with God is revealed from faith to faith. And so he told us four times in the gospel, the just shall live by faith. The righteous, those who have been redeemed, they shall live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in the, his, what he has done. Faith in his name. Faith in his word. We live by faith. We are the group that lives by faith. I believe that includes you, my friend. 
So we looked at those words last week and we said with righteousness that comes as a gift, we reign and rule in life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Those who have received abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness shall reign in this life as king. So we we are meant to dominate. Hallelujah. From the book of Genesis chapter 1, the dominion of man is not questionable. And I see you dominating over the circumstances of life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Today, uh, what are we doing today, Pastor? Um, we are going to continue, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I'll be reading from 18 to 32 today, then we'll move from there. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about the wrath of God against sin, against evil. So um, I'm starting, I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do, they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, Murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these things, these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amazing verses. 
to close out chapter 1. There are four main things in these uh, verses. But let's look at them. The first one is what the Bible calls the wrath of God. The wrath of God. What is the wrath of God? And on what is it? Another word for the wrath of God is the anger of God. It's the word O-R-G-E in Greek. Uh, it's the violent uh, passion of God. The anger of God. The, the punishment of God. The indignation of God. Uh, Pastor, I thought you said God is not, no more angry with us. Yes. Now, let's settle this. God does, is not angry with men. God does not hate human beings. God hates the acts of unrighteousness and sin. God judges sin. And people judge themselves by holding on to what God is judging. Amen. Mm -hmm. So, it's, it says the wrath of God or the anger of God is being revealed. Just like righteousness, the right standing with God is being revealed. So if something is being revealed, it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal it because it's the revelator. And that's why somebody can have been taken over by Satan and still think what they are doing, there's nothing wrong with it. Until, I, I, I believe this, this was the reason why David said, search me now and uh, know my heart and see if there will be any wicked way in me and lead me out of it. Hmm. So we need to look at this issue very well. My, my dear brother, maybe, maybe you need God to reveal to you that what you are doing is part of what God is angry at. And now, there are human beings who don't want them to be angry at you. But now, now imagine if you set yourself against the anger of God. God is not, the one place that we should not put ourselves is under the anger of God, the wrath of God. Uh, it's uh, somewhere the Bible says God is a consuming fire. Uh, I, I, I'm thinking now of the Old Testament when the Israelites will provoke him and he will tell Moses, clear off. I want to consume them with my fire. Hmm. And Moses will put himself between the people and say, no, you have to consume me with them. <laughs> you don't want to put yourself under the anger of God. So let's look at, at what I, is God angry? At what is the anger, the wrath of God revealed against? Against what? Hmm. I, I think in the New King James, uh, the NIV said, godlessness and wickedness of people. The New King James said, ungodliness and unrighteousness of people. Help us out here, Pastor. What is godlessness or ungodliness? And what is wickedness or unrighteousness? What are those things that qualify for, for that? Well, um, you know, according to this scripture, we, 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 which God 
the, script, the Bible is telling us that the holy anger of God, according to the Passion Translation, is against every form of godlessness. And godlessness just means that we, are, we refuse to acknowledge God. Mm-hmm. When, uh, you know, not that, uh, peop- not, not the people that don't know about God, but uh, uh, actually there's nobody that does not know about Thank God. You. Thank you. Uh, but deciding in our heart to not acknowledge him. To disregard. To di- disregard and disobey him. So that, that's basically what godlessness you know, stands for. And uh, wickedness is quite close to it. It's just not revering God. In fact, b- both are connected. Mm-hmm. Because when you disregard God, you will do things against, against the God. commandment of God. Yes. So that's being evil. Yeah. That's the act of because yeah. if you are against God, if you refuse to acknowledge God, you are moving towards evil. Yeah. You know, if you are moving away from God, you are moving towards evil. It's either or. You know. And that's the major reason why God is against wickedness. And then we'll get to where we have a list of wicked acts. Mm. People don't just wake up one day and commit wicked acts. It starts from the attitude of their heart. So it's either you reference God or you, you disdain or disregard God, which is ungodless. You make God less mm. in your heart. Then that, that motivates you to do things that is contrary to what God said do. In other words, it's, it's, it's rebellion against uh, the ways and the things of God. That, oh, yeah, what? God said, don't do that. Oh, no, 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 no. Who is he to tell me to, not to do that? And it starts. People don't just do that to God. It starts with constituted authority. That's where it starts. It starts from little, little, little. That's why you see little kids throwing tantrum. The parents say, sit down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That attitude needs to be judged, needs to be corrected. It's a it's satanic nature that what, doesn't want to be told what to do, that doesn't want to be controlled by any known something, uh, any known uh, instruction. So rebellion against instruction is what culminates eventually into rebellion against God. So that's why I believe that's why the Bible said the woman was deceived, talking about Eve, but the man was not. He became ungodly in his thought, and therefore he carried out an act against God's instruction. Why? Because he doesn't want God to be over him. So we need to judge our heart. We need to judge. What's my, what's the, thank God I was talking about along this line on Sunday. The heart. The heart. Now, I read again the story of uh, God sending prophet uh, Samuel to the house of Jesse to go and anoint. God just told him, I have found a son of Jesse. Mm -hmm. He didn't tell him which one. Fortunately, unfortunately, Jesse has seven sons. Mm -hmm. Six ones and one that he was not really happy with that he was even living, David. And we'll talk about the story another day. <laughs> so, 
But God told Samuel something. He said, don't look at their faces because they lined it up the six for David and uh, for Samuel. And Samuel was doing, and God said, no, no, you are looking at their statues, their, their status, their, their physical their build, their, the way they, how tall, how hefty, I'm how good looking. Huh? And God said, no, I don't look like that. I don't look at human beings like that. I look at their heart. He said, none of this was their hearts. They may look good, but their hearts, they have no honor for God in their heart. That's what God used to pick David. He said he could see honor in his heart for the things of Jehovah. So, and we saw it in the life of David. And you can, and also David was always constantly asking God to search his heart. Yeah. To make sure that he was still compliant. To he, was, he, was, he was malleable. Mm -hmm. he, was, he, was, uh, he was open to instruction. That's what, that's, that, that's what we are talking about here. You see, there, are, there, is, there are those that Satan has touched their heart that no matter what you tell them, they will still do what they think is what they believe. And because the, the Bible said their mind has been blinded, what they believe is right is wrong. But they will not. They will not yield. <coughs> Sorry, bless you. You want my water? Okay. All right. She's stopping it off with coffee. <laughs> so, it's the heart of man. And I could remember for years the condition of my heart. I just don't want to hear anything about God. Don't even mention it. What's, I don't have any business with that. Don't even bring mention church. But God broke through that hardness. So, if you are tonight, you are hearing us and something is making you switch off, switch off. Hey, tell that thing to get away. And listen, this broadcast tonight is for you. The condition, the attitude of your heart. You, are, you, are, you will be ungodly in your heart before you commit wickedness. Wickedness is against God and against humanity. It's an act. But nobody just commit an act. It's everything. The Bible said from the heart of man comes murder, comes evil thoughts. So those things we need to look at the kind of things that I that's in my, do I just wish another human being dead? Am I am I sad when somebody is up is, is having a breakthrough? Those are things we need to judge. And the Bible said, if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged. So it's on to us to judge the state of our heart and be like David. Ask God to lead you out of it. The Holy Spirit is in you to reveal things to you. It's revealed. It's revealed. It can, God can show it to you. You backbite about people. You dress them down. You don't. You talk negative about them. It's not godly act. And if it's not a godly act, then it is what wickedness. Wickedness. You agree with me? Yes. Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the anger of God is being revealed from heaven. Against all the godlessness and wickedness of people. Why? Because they suppress the truth. You cannot suppress what you don't know. They suppress the truth by their wickedness. So let's 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 acknowledge let's acknowledge what is wrong. Let's turn to God to, to, to help us out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's look at verse 19. Verse 19. Verse 19 says, Since what may be known 
about God is plain. It's, it's, it's out there. It's not, it's not covered. Aha. Whatever is plain is seenable by everybody. Okay. So, he said, because God has made it plain. Not Pastor Yemi. Now, how many times people have asked me to prove to them that God exists? And I said, that's not my job. He didn't tell me to go and prove he exists. He already made the knowledge of his existence plain. That's what the Bible said. And we look at how. Verse 20 said, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities. Invisible means that not, uh, not physically seen. But God has find, found a way to reveal what is not physically seen. And the Bible told us, it, what are those qualities? It's eternal power and it's divine nature. It's goodness of heart, it's kindness, it's love, it's generosity. They have been clearly seen. What we are talking about now looks like an oxymoron. If it's invisible and God said they are plain, they are seen, what are we talking about? Now we'll, we will break it down tonight. He said, being understood for what has been made. What has been made. So that people are without excuse. People have asked me over the years, what about my parents? Nobody preached to them. Are you telling me they will go to hell or heaven? <coughs> do you, where, what do you think? The Bible said, people are without excuse. It didn't say only in the 21st century. This Bible was written years ago. So, Ah, now let's look at that. I want to hear your view on what he says speaking here. Amen. <laughs> it's talking about here in, in the in the 20th verse. I'm reading it from the message translation. It says, by taking, in fact, let me read from verse 19. But the basic reality of God is plain enough. Mm. Open your eyes, and there it is. By taking a long and thoughtful look at what God has created. People have always been able to see what their eyes, as such, can't see. Eternal power, for instance, and the mystery of his divine being. So nobody has a good excuse. And you, were, you, were, you started by talking about um, people saying to us, or saying to you that they, you know, uh, how about those who have not had the gospel? Or how about those who were not aware who nobody said anything to about God. But what this scripture is saying here is that everybody has had the opportunity. All we need to do is to look outside. All we need to do is to see the power of God, you know, in his creation. The leaves, the birds, and everything that's out there that God, you know, has been able to show us. So we have no, nobody has you know, has an excuse. It is very plain, you know, because God has made it plain to every mm. one of us. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's read that scripture in verses 18, uh, verses 19 to 20, 20. in the Passion Translation. Uh, you, you, somebody's going to love this. Mm -hmm. He said, in reality, Passion Translation. 18 the, and 19. 19, 19 and 20. And 20. Mm -hmm. The truth of God is known Instinctively. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. The, the, the consciousness of God is in every human being. How they respond to that 
is a different thing. He said, opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. I'm reading verse 20. <laughs> opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance because the creation of the world, from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God, of God's nature, have been made visible. They are invisible, but they have been made visible. So, it says, such as his eternal power and transcendence. transcendence. Ah. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived. For seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then, this leaves everyone without, without excuse. excuse. I've never heard of Jesus, but God has revealed to you that he exists. You might never have heard of Jesus, but how did you respond to God? To the things God made? To the sky, to the ants, to the animals, to the miracle of sleeping and waking. Everything we see reveals that there is a maker. And that has been the, the those who call themselves atheists. It's just willful refusal to acknowledge that there is a, there is a cause, there is a maker to the, everything. So, that, uh, okay, come on, prove to me that God exists. Just look at the sky. <laughs> look at how your, the hair grows on your head. And you will know that something brought all these to be. Look at how billions of cells in human body and all functioning, communicating towards the same goal. My brother, my sister, think. Let's, 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 Look at the vastness of the universe. Let's look at the positioning of the, of the earth to the sun. Let's look at the law of gravity. Let's look at the vastness of the solar system, the galaxies, the Milky Way. God exists and he is a good God. He is all powerful and he is loving. I want to read that Psalm 19. Yes. In, in the Passion Translation. Psalm 19, okay. Mm-hmm. Psalm 19, verses 1 to 4. It says, God's splendor is a tale that is told, mm-hmm. written in the stars. Space itself speaks his story. Mm-hmm. Through yeah. the marvels of the heavens, mm-hmm. his truth is on tour in the starry vaults yeah. of the sky, yeah. showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. craftsmanship. Yeah. Each day gushes out its message to the next. Night by night, whispering its knowledge to all. Without a sound, without a word, without a voice being heard, yet all the world can hear its echo. Everywhere its message goes out, what a heavenly home God has set for the sun, shining in the superdome of the sky. Amen. God has left his footprint, his signature on everything he created. And God said, no human being is without an excuse mm-hmm. that he exists. Inside now, the, the Ecclesiastes said, uh, he has put eternity in the heart of man. Yes. He has put a consciousness of himself in every human being. That's why people worship all manner of things. And the Bible spoke in this uh, Romans chapter 1 that people 
worship the created beings mm. instead the of the why what what moves man to worship things they make images in the in the form of human beings or animals mm. what Oops. moves them to do that is the consciousness that there is a spiritual being mm. You remember when the, the Bible said Paul went to uh, the, 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 uh, and uh, they, they, they worshipped so many gods and they, they even made one, mm. the unknown God. Yes, to the unknown God. To the unknown, and God, Paul now reasoned with them that he, the one you call the unknown God mm. is the one I've come to preach mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. So there is this consciousness that in every human, whether they are scientists or not scientists, that there has these things are not ordinary. They didn't come out of the Big Bang theory. Hmm. The probability of it just happening by chance is almost zero. There has to be somebody that sets the perfect condition for the Big Bang to happen. It even makes more sense. Yeah. It takes bigger faith to believe in Big Bang yeah. than to believe in somebody creating yeah. you know, these things that yeah. are out there. So what do we do with this consciousness that everything around us, everything in our body, reveals that there is God? What, how, do we, how should we respond to that is the main question. Let's get away from the question, oh, is there God, is not God. The real question is, how do I respond to what God has shown me? That I sleep every day and I wake up, something wakes me up every day. How am I supposed to respond? Let's look at that. Ah, Romans chapter 1. Let's go back there. Let's go back there. I think it's verse 21. We're going now. Ah, let's, let's see that in the NIV. He said, For although they knew God, they knew God, they neither glorified him. Now we are talking about human response. Ah, they neither glorify him as God, nor gave thanks to him. For the rain, for the sun, for the that they slept last night, they woke up this morning. But they are thinking because they will not acknowledge him as God. They, they, not, they will not thank him for the miracles of his miracles in their life. Their thinking became futile, empty, <coughs> and their foolish mind became what darkened. Their hearts became darkened. And you know the Bible said the high is the is the light of the body, and but if he said, if your, your high is uh, focused, single, your, your whole body will be full of light. Mm-hmm. But if the light in you is darkness, how dark would that be? What, what, is, the, what is Jesus speaking there? He was talking about if when we refuse the knowledge of God, when we refuse to acknowledge God, we enter into a dark area. And in darkness, there is confusion. There is every evil work. Satan is lord of darkness. He can manipulate things. But he that walks in the world, in the light of the world, said will not stumble because he has the light of the day. So it's a man response. And tonight, God is, we are looking at this. How have you been responding? Have you thought about eternity? That where we are is temporary. It doesn't end there. 120 may look like a long, long, long years, but it's a finite number of years. Methuselah, the Bible said it lived for 900 and something years, but that day came that he had to leave this stage. 
So eternity is time without number. It's endless period. And that is where the real life is. So, but the way we respond to what God has done and is doing in us and around us here determines where, what will happen in eternity. Eternity with Christ or eternity in hell. I was just thinking because many of us are Christians. We know that God exists. We have received him as our Lord. Uh, as we, have, we have received Jesus. You know, we are on our way to heaven. But there are still some little, little areas of our lives that we refuse to acknowledge God. You know, in my mind, because we're thinking about, you know, what, what, what is God's wrath? Um, uh, what is it against? Mm. We said it's against godlessness. It's against wickedness. <clears throat> wickedness is outright evil. Godlessness is like not acknowledging God. And, you know, of heart. many of us, we acknowledge God, we come to church, we say, Father, we bless your name, you are the ancient of days, the lily of the valley, all that. You know, we say that with our mouth. And in some parts of our lives, we acknowledge it, but there are some little, that's what I'm, that's little where we are going. Yeah. parts. There are some areas of our life that he is not Lord, that we refuse to yield to him. This one, that we are, we are even godless yeah. in those areas. Yeah. We are, like you said, we have hardened our hearts, you know, in, in some areas. Some people, you know, we're talking to someone, I don't remember, a while back, and they said they don't go to church. They don't believe in, you know, they believe that they could work and work, you know, on Sundays. They, they are so busy on Sunday. They don't believe in, in you know, coming to, and, and, and they profess to us that they are Christian. They are Christian. But, you know, let's look at that. Now, in their heart, they have convinced themselves. That is not required. So that they have entered into godlessness. Yes, because sir. the word of God, Hebrews chapter 10, Verses 24 to 25 mm -hmm. made it clear that God said, assemble together. Yes. The church that we belong to that started in the book of Acts, they assembled together. Then they have house fellowship mm -hmm. in their houses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the church of Jesus assembled together in Mount Zion. And not only did they assemble, they prayed together. They, they belonged to a community. Yes. They, they had com communion together yeah. in the community. They broke bread. They, they stood up for one another. Yeah. How would they stand up for one another if they were not coming yeah. together? You know, keep going. Christ has not come to call us into individuality. Hmm. Christ has come to call us into a community, hmm. the body of Christ. Hmm. Hmm. We must understand the mystery of, 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 uh, of Christ. He has not come to call individual, individual Christians. Individual he has come to bring us together into one body, yes. into fellowship. Mm. You cannot have fellowship with the church in your house, not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. You don't associate with anybody. Mm -hmm. You are all by yourself. Mm -hmm. And you said, you, no, that is deception. The Bible, spoke, we will see down there. He said they have exchanged the truth about mm. of God for a lie. Yes, sir. Why? Because they rebel against the things that God said. And therefore, it's easier for them to commit acts of wickedness. My hand cannot just exist by itself. It needs every part of my body. The same thing, every Christian belongs 
to a local church. By, he said he has set each one in the body as it pleases him. And when I say where Christ has put me, I don't want to fellowship with them. It's an act of godlessness that will lead to wickedness. Because a part of the body will suffer. There are so many other things, you know, that, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's an example. One part, that's yeah. one. Yeah. Another one is sexual immorality. Yeah. Yeah. Many yeah. believers, people who are Christians, they believe that they can have, they, they, they don't need to be married. If, or or for, they, could, they, could, they could have sexual affairs with people outside of marriage. You know, because in their mind, they have already decided that this is what I'm going to do. God doesn't care about those things. I was talking to someone a while back, too, and they were telling me that, you know what, it, it, it is what it is. It's, it's what it, it, God, God understands, you know, that, you know, we, we, we can't just continue to burn. We can, you know, they made excuse. For, for all these things. People have made excuse for all these things. You know, and, and not even only sexual immorality. A lot of things that we do. It's simple things like you don't pay tithe. You don't give your offering. Uh, uh, you are keeping malice, you know, with people. Those are godlessness uh, acts. Acts of godlessness in little, little parts of our lives. Yeah. And after a while, they become wickedness, just yeah. like you have yeah. said. And God, the, the Bible defined it in verse 22. He said, although they claim to be wise, they are actually fools fool, or foolish. Mm. Now, I may be falling short in one or two areas, but like David, if it's revealed to me, yes. uh, it's, the onus is on me to acknowledge and say, yeah, okay, I agree I'm wrong, they are big. But to say, like you said, it is what it is. It is what it is. I am entering into foolishness. Because I am trying to claim uh, uh, I have superior wisdom than the one that made me. There is no way uh, I drive, we all have vehicles. I didn't make any of those vehicles. There is no way I can claim to know about the vehicle I drive than those who made it. So I tell the engineer from Mercedes and say, sit down. Let me tell you about Mercedes. The man will just laugh. Because everything, in, 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 he knows every boat in, in the car, in the, in the design of the car. I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. So for people now to be telling God, I know more than him. I think what he said to do is wrong. I sh why should I pay tight? I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. The one that made us said, pay tight. Mm -hmm. In fact, he called them robbers mm -hmm. in the book of Mal uh, Malachi. Mm -hmm. And Jesus never in the gospel, tell people to stop paying tithe. Mm -hmm. Tithe predates the law. Tithe, the tithe is not an offshoot of the law. Tithe has been before the law. And Jesus did not end tithe payment. God himself paid tithe through Christ to redeem us all. So, what are we talking about? That's just one. It can be some other habits on behavior, the mindset and that I'm holding on to. The Bible called them stronghold. Mm -hmm. And and now, as because we have opened this up a little bit, yeah. because sometimes when we're reading, when I was, before when I used to read this Romans chapter 1, I would be like, 
It's not. I'm not. I'm not this. No. <laughs> I don't. I, this, is, this is not me. Yeah. You know. I acknowledge God. Oh, I yes. love Jesus and all that. Yeah. But looking into it, we could find each and every one yeah. of us could find a little bit of godlessness yeah. Yeah. in our actions. Mm. Even when God tells you pray about something or pray for somebody, and me as a pastor, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna turn on my bed. That is me telling God that, you know, you have no authority in that area. But what do we do in this, you know, since, that, since we have found ourselves in this, you know, in this book, what do we do about it? How do we, how do we now come back so that we don't fall into wickedness? We don't get into the wrath of God. Amen. Yeah, out of, out of verse 21. Yes, sir. Let's, let's turn it around. Mm -hmm. It talks about these people, they knew God, they neither glorify him. Or give thanks. If I'm going to respond positively, then I have to bring glory. In Psalm 50, said, He that offers praise glorifies me. Mm -hmm. I have to acknowledge God's place. I have to acknowledge His sovereignty over my life. I have to acknowledge that all I have, all I am, comes from Him. And I have to verbalize it. I have to show it in my attitude and then give thanks to Him. Amen. Lord, I thank you for where I am. Thank you for what I, you have given me. Acknowledge the place of God in your life is the antidote to, uh, to uh, ungodliness. And acknowledging him means that we obey him. Yeah. Because godlessness is disobedient to God. Yeah. We obey him in everything. When the moment that, and the, the best way to start is, you may not understand the whole Bible. You may not understand everything in the gospel, mm -hmm. but the one that you read, that's that you understand, we must yeah. obey. That's, that's First John chapter 1, verses 5 to 6. Amen. Walk in the light that, that you, you have. That you already have. So what if God opens my heart to something like tithing? Mm -hmm. I've seen it in the scripture. That is like you have just explained to us. It's not about the Old Testament or the New Testament. It's what God has established before. In fact, we claim the blessings of Abraham. Abraham was one was of the first people that tied. Abraham you was know? a tight payer. So the moment I realized that, then I begin to do work according to it. The moment I found out that God said, or the scripture says in Hebrews 10.25, that we should not forsake the assembly of one another, you know, together, I don't <coughs> question that scripture. Yeah. I don't argue with that scripture because that's what this Romans chapter 1 is saying. That people have decided that whatever they see, they will question it. They will yep. argue. Yep. And that's what goes on in the world today. Yep. Yep. People question, I think we talked about it last week as well, that people will argue and argue and argue. And the first people that they will challenge are the pastors. No matter what happens, it's the pastors that will go first. We are a pastor this, pastor that, because these pastors are the ones that are interpreting the scripture to them, and they don't want to hear the scripture. They don't want the scripture to be interpreted. Now, they it on the earth. They don't want. It's a condition of their heart. They have made a choice. I don't want any. And that, that was where I was years ago. Don't talk about the Bible. Don't talk about church to me. Then I discover it's ungodliness. Mm -hmm. It's Satan that has barricaded and put a stronghold, lock up my thinking. But thank God they broke through. Amen. Amen. Because life has no meaning outside of God. There is no meaning to life. Mm -hmm. Now, and, and that's why people think 
the, the, the ultimate reality is here. Those are the humanists. Mm-hmm. There's everything. The ultimate. It ends here. It ends here. And then there is the sweet by and by. Mm-hmm. Everything is in heaven. Mm-hmm. No, we have to balance. find the balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God wants us to enjoy this world, but we don't. This is not our home. Mm-hmm. We must live here with the consciousness of heaven in our mind. So that whatever, that's why it says store up treasures in heaven. With what we do, our response, the condition of our heart, with our heart habits here. So that it will be easier for us mm-hmm. to enjoy our timelessness in heaven with Christ. Mm-hmm. That is, I didn't make myself. He made me. There is a purpose. There is a blueprint. And he gave me choice. And he gave me, he extended love to me. And he expects me to respond to his love. It is that love that we take for granted. Mm, mm, mm. And when whatever you take for granted, you cannot benefit from you it. You would abuse it, yes. Yeah, you will abuse it. Yes. And, I, and I believe that even as we are rounding up tonight, I believe that um, we, the moment we decide that we, we, we want to obey God, the grace is there for yeah. us to yeah. obey yeah. him. And the Lord, the, the Lord told us in the scriptures that He will give us a heart of flesh instead of that of stone. stone. Yeah. So I believe that at this point, yeah. God, pray. God, yeah. yes, God would give us because it's not every. There are, like I said earlier, there are some parts that we have soft hearts. There are some parts that we have hardened our hearts. But we need total soft, totally. All our, every part of our hearts to be totally soft so that we can enjoy what God has had, God, what God has in place for us. So I think that apart from the fact that we, what we understand, we obey, what we see, we obey, we also need to pray that God, even the ones that I don't understand, teach me, show me how to understand it. And God will send people to us. That I remember a while back, very, very many years ago, there was something I was struggling with in the scripture. This was probably maybe 19, uh, 2000 or 2001 or so. I was struggling with something in the scripture and I prayed to God. I did not understand it and I asked God, I said, God, please help me. And I remember I was driving one day and I tuned on the radio and this man of God was on the radio and he was teaching about that particular situation. And there goes my, you know, that's how I received my light. So when we, if we don't understand something, but it comes from a heart that is ready to receive, a heart that is not, that is soft, that is not hard, you know, because there are some, many of us, because we don't understand some things, because due to the ignorance that we have of those things, we just harden our heart to it. And I believe that tonight will be a time that we can pray and ask God to soften our hearts, to give us a heart of flesh rather than the heart of stone, and the grace to be able to obey what God has, you know, opened our hearts to. Amen. I I believe by the leading of the Holy Spirit tonight. Now, Romans was not, the book of Romans was, the epistle was not written to unbelievers. Mm -hmm. It was written to Christians. Now, we may not be worshipping goats and uh, Mm -hmm. cow, Mm -hmm. but I believe in the context of it, we need to search our hearts. Yes. Lord, yes. which areas of my life am I not yielding to, to you? you? 
to you. Yes. And the Holy Spirit in is what available. what areas of my life am yes. I aligning myself with wickedness? Wickedness. Yes. Search me. Godlessness. Reveal to me. And I commit to make a change. Yes, Lord. By the help of your spirit. Yes. I believe yes. that's a prayer to pray mm-hmm. tonight. Let's just go ahead and Father in heaven. Tonight, your word has gone forth. And individually and collectively as members of the body of Christ, no matter the local branch we belong to, that we are connected together on this broadcast, we pray tonight that, Lord, you will search our heart. Amen. The conditions of our heart. Yes, Lord. The acts emanating from those conditions that fell, that falls under ungodliness or wickedness. Revealed to us. Yes, Lord Jesus. You have redeemed us by the blood of Jesus so that we will not be judged with the enemy. Reveal to us areas we need to make adjustments. Yes, Lord. Yes, and Holy Lord. Spirit. Help us. You are the minister of grace. Uh-huh. Help us yes, yes. to straighten things out. Amen. Amen. Thank you, eternal Father. Thank you, Lord we believe Jesus. we receive tonight. Individually, you will speak to us. And in the same manner, we pray for everyone that requires a touch tonight. A touch in their body, yes. in their mind. Yes, Lord. Everyone yes, Lord. being tormented with confusion. Tonight we shine the light of the gospel. In the name of Jesus. We permeate that environment with the light of God. We send dispersed angels of light. May God give you direction. May healing virtue flow from the top of your head to the souls of your feet. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And for that brother that is saying, I, 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 I don't even Jesus is not yet my Lord. Tonight, we receive you into the body of Christ. We call you sin. From today, Jesus becomes your Lord. Thank you, eternal Father. And the brother, the sister that have gone out of fellowship in their local churches, Lord, tonight we restore them. Yes, yes, yes. That your word may find fulfillment in our lives. Thank you for restoration. We glorify you, sir. Hallelujah. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Can you just recap, recap for us one or two Well, days? we are so glad that the Spirit of God took over tonight. Thank yes. you, Holy Spirit. We are so grateful for where you have taken us. We just want to assure you that you are in the right place. You know, the, the, the best way to, to grow as a Christian, to continue in what, you know, in the Word of God, is to fellowship with one another. That's a very good way because the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So when you find a place of fellowship, stay there, listen to the word of God. It's only the word of God that can grow us and it will keep our roots deep and then we'll spring up and become who God has called us to be. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are grateful for your presence. Join us again next week as we go into chapter 2. May God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.